Hey guys, and welcome back to uh, Utah Liberty Talk. This is episode three. Um, I wanted to first off thank everyone that's listened to these podcasts, that's opened their mind up, that's taken the time to hear the ideas of liberty throughout this critical time uh, in the world right now. I think it's great that you guys are opening up your minds and looking into this kind of stuff. And I also appreciate you guys caring enough about my opinion to actually listen to me. To have me, you know, be the one that you get a lot of information from. That's actually, it means a lot to me. I really appreciate that I've been able to, you know, get this information to a lot of people. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you guys for participating. So today, um, there's a few t- topics I want to talk about. Uh, the first, I don't want to make this the all about Corona show. You know, I, there's, there's some actually other really interesting stuff going on in the world that, outside of coronavirus. So I am going to be uh, talking about some things that are not coronavirus related. However, it is still stuff that's going on right now and still stuff that's important to be discussed. So there will be, you know, stuff about coronavirus. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was was um, the Apple and Google surveillance. This is the first thing I'm just going to dive right into this. So uh, I read an article on Wired uh, that basically uh, dumbed it down a little bit for me because there's some technological terms that, you know, it, it can be hard to understand sometimes, and I'm no you know technological genius or anything like that. Uh, so per Wired, uh, according to Wired, um, this this uh, surveillance plan allows government-operated organizations to access Bluetooth-based tracing to track physical proximity between phones. Um, they said if someone is positive, they can report it through the app. So I guess they and what what constitutes well, who reports it? Who's they? Because, you know, if, if, if you let people report that they become up positive, that's a little bit different than if the government is they and they're reporting it to their own databases when they figure out if someone tests positive. So it's, it's really vague on what they means and also what, what determines a report, what, what, you know, what, if the government is, you know, taking private, like, if the government is violating privacy to to report these, then that's obviously not okay. Um, so it just, you know, they're very vague terms, and I think they need to be defined a little bit more so we really know, you know, what's going on. Um, is, they say that the system collects no location data. Um, I'm not really sure how that works then and how they would, you know, do physical proximity between phones if they didn't have any location data. That doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, they say that no information will be collected from those who haven't tested positive. That also, again, makes me wonder how are they going to figure out who tests positive? Is it, is it the person that tests positive that has to report it? You know, there's some unanswered questions there. Um, text, some technologists have discovered flaws in the system though, and that could, uh, eventually cause this to reveal technologies that would track people. Um, it could cause, uh, false positives, which would be very easy for the government to exploit and take advantage of. Um, and, and, and in all reality, it's not really clear how the, this thing's going to work. We don't, you know, how this surveillance plan is going to work. It's, it's not very clear there, you know, there, there's a little bit of guidelines, but you know, there's, it's really vague on how they can be exploited and what these companies and the government might do to technically stay within the boundaries that they have set, but still, you know, do things that are not okay. Um, so I guess we'll just have to see how Apple and Google execute it when it happens with these, you know, the FDA and the CDC. Um, it does, although, even though it is Bluetooth-based tracking, so um, I guess right from the front cover, Bluetooth doesn't give away as much information as GPS tracking. However, it's still possible for them to do accurate tracking and 
you know, make it very precise as if it were GPS tracking through this Bluetooth tracking. So um, again, I think this is one of those situations where this can be heavily manipulated a lot like the Patriot Act. You know, people are people are scared and they think that this is a good idea. People are like, oh yeah, well, you know, it's to help coronavirus and I think it's a good idea that they're doing something to actually help and make it better. But as we, you know, saw after 9-11 with the Patriot Act, uh, these kind of these kind of things can be easily exploited by the government to turn uh, their own citizens into the enemies and to spy on their own citizens, you know. Um, shout out to Edward Snowden. If you guys haven't seen the movie Snowden, go see it. This came out a couple of years ago. Um, and it's, it's, he, he, he worked for the NSA and he basically, he's a hero because he, he exposed all of what the government is, has been doing in regards to tracking and keeping the privacy and how, how they can, uh, violate the privacy of, of Americans and how they've been doing that through the Patriot Act and other mass surveillance acts. And I think that, that, uh, this going through is a big mistake. And I think that this could, could be something that's easily exploited and could vastly limit the liberty of people in the times after this. Um, so I think it's important that we're aware of what's going on with that. Just a little heads up, um, update on coronavirus here in Utah. Um, you know, Trump is urging states to start lifting restrictions and he's, uh, you know, trying to get things to reopen. I actually see Trump doing some pretty base stuff like calling out the, the governor of Michigan and saying that Virginia needs to rise up. And so I actually really think that the Trump by doing that is doing a good job. I think for the most part, Trump leaving it up to the states is a good idea because that is the point of statehood. However, when we get into the, uh, philosophy philosophical side of uh, how this government was set up. Uh, the federal government is actually not doing its job enough. And what I mean by that is you have state governments so that, you know, so that people can get a direct vote and it's, it's closely related and you get efficient problem solving and, you know, which is, which is great. That's how it should, that's how 99% of politics should be based in America is at the state level. However, the federal government's job is to make sure that state governments aren't impeding on people's rights. And, you know, Trump's going hands off, letting the states handle it, which in theory is fine. But when states like Michigan and Utah and stuff like that are, are enforcing unconstitutional laws regarding the meeting of people, that's where the federal government needs to step in and say, hey, no, this you cannot violate these people's rights. And that's why there's senators that are directly elected from from this, the people in the states. It's almost like the state's citizens crisis line to the federal government in case the state government is being tyrannical because the federal government's whole purpose is to keep those state governments in check to make sure they aren't impeding rights of the people. So I think that the federal government is, although it's going hands off with this, which I think in general is very good, it's actually doing what's short of its job. The federal government needs to be stepping in and saying, hey, you cannot violate the rights of these people. So um, Trump is urging states to lift restrictions. I think that's a good thing. However, a University of Washington study says that Utah is among other states that should wait until June to lift the restrictions. That's according to KSL, uh, you know, one of the primary news sources here in Utah. Um, so leaders in Utah have, uh, this is this is per the Salt Lake Tribune, saying leaders in Utah have announced plans to reopen and slash reawake the economy starting May 1st. Uh, however, it is considered a soft reopening. Governor Herbert announced that they would be, uh, they would try to reopen sh shuttered restaurants, gyms, and parks uh, during the coronavirus outbreak. So it looks like that they're going to start to try and open things up, which I think are good. However, Governor Herbert said that um, there it's going to be a, a very soft uh, reopening and they're going to do it more cautiously than swift. 
Um, and they're going to go try and go back to, they're trying to make the transition back to pre-pandemic life. Um, so I think that, you know, that, uh, this should have been something that should have never happened in the first place. And they're not doing this as efficiently as they need to. Um, this, this does not need to be cautious. This does need to be swift. This economy should have never have been shut down like it has in the first place. I think that the way it's been shut down is completely unacceptable. And I think that it, it's ridiculous that, you know, given the economical effects and travesties that we've seen from this, it, it should be critical to open it up immediately. People need to see that it needs to be done immediately. So, um, if not, if not sooner, immediately, if not sooner, because this should have never even happened in the first place. So, um, I, you know, I, I think that this, this is something that you're, the government's trying to drag out this exploitation of their power there and they're, you know, it's not, they're not making it as easy as it can be for people to, uh, economically recover from this situation because they're still worried about this. They're, you know, the, this was a, this was a spider on the wall in the house and, and the government shot it with an RPG. This is, this is their overreaction to this. Um, 23 people in Utah have died from the coronavirus. And countless people have lost their jobs and been laid off and can't work right now. Seniors have lost their graduation. They've lost their proms. Family members scared. People, you know, losing their minds, absolutely terrified of what can happen. Depression, uh, you know, more. Uh, there's a lot of terrible things that can happen from this. Uh, more uh, married couples are forced to stay at home, which can increase domestic violence. People who need to get in the hospital because they have real health conditions are able to get in because you have people freaking out about the flu, this this Wuhan flu. And again, I don't mean to, to make the virus seem insignificant. However, there's the deaths of this virus are comparable to the annual deaths of the flu in the United States. So I think that this is something that's completely overreacted. Uh, the curve is flattening on new cases here in Utah. That means we are beginning to reach the peak. Uh, so assuming, you know, we reach the peak, we're at 23 deaths right now. So if we reach the peak at 30 deaths and then we double that just for the way down, give it a pretty liberal estimate, uh, 60 people will have died from coronavirus. 60 people will have died from a virus. And I'm sure the flu numbers here in Utah are quite identical to that number. Um, so I think this is a mass, mass hysteria that was unneeded and, and it, it's actually ruined a lot of experiences for a lot of people. Like I said, I mean, the whole entire class of 2020 is just, just got absolutely screwed over by this. You know, they lost their proms, senior cotillions, graduations. I mean, all the, the opportunities and fun things that are supposed to come with this, their last real summer, you know, before college. I mean, even then it's, 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 it's hardly a summer when you have college look forward to organizations. Maybe you're moving out of state for college or you're trying to work so you can save up to pay off these student loans. Um, and you know, there's, there's kids out there who are getting laid off of their jobs and have car payments to make. So it's actually putting a huge chip on the shoulder of class of, of the class of 2020 going into the real world. So I think it'll be interesting to see the kind of things that the class of 2020 can accomplish moving forward from this major setback and almost this obliteration of this giant milestone they have in their life. Um, anyways, uh, Herbert said that, uh, we're further ahead in recovering from this than they expected. Um, but this this is going to be more like a dial on bringing back the economy and not a switch. Uh, Brad Wilson joined Herbert to unveil this plan, who's the Utah House Speaker, to get back to the, quote, new normal. Um, I highly doubt that there's not there's going to be things that the government has done because of coronavirus that we are going to see 
uh, characteristics of for a long time, if not indefinitely, or until we get a reestablishment of government here in the United States. Um, this, you know, this is a big, big over-exaggeration. We really see it now. Now that, you know, the the curve is starting to flattening and people are looking at it and they're like, this, this, this isn't even that bad, except for New York, where the population is like 10,000 per square kilometer. So, you know, the rest of the United States, other than the most densely populated city in the United States, is doing quite fine, to be honest. And I think it's quite safe to say that this is all a huge overreaction. Uh, to what's been going on with coronavirus. Um, another thing is they're actually, the way they're counting these coronavirus deaths nationwide by state, by the by the country as a whole, and probably even uh, internationally, as I'm sure they all do it by the same basis to get the most accurate statistics, is that they're actually counting corona deaths by the people who never tested positive, but are presumed to have died from coronavirus. Now, I saw this directly in, in the first coronavirus death here in Utah. A man died at the Davis County Hospital or uh, in, in Layton, just off of Antelope here in, in Davis County. And uh, it was the first person in Utah to die of coronavirus. And I talked with the guy who, who's, uh, whose sister wife, he calls her, worked at this hospital. And she said uh, he didn't die from coronavirus. He died from pneumonia. Which is essentially how the coronavirus, I mean, would kill you. It's, it's basically like the flu to where your lungs would fill up with fluid to the point where you drown or practically die from pneumonia. Anyways, but it's, you know, they're, they're counting people to have presumed to have died from coronavirus. So anyone who's dying from pneumonia right now or any of those respiratory related illnesses, they're actually counting as coronavirus deaths. So again, with 90% of these cases not even being reported, and then with the fact that they're including people that die from all respiratory diseases practically with these coronavirus deaths counts, this is an absolutely massively inflated number. We're probably 20 times the actual deaths from this virus. Um, so it's, it's a massive, even, even the low numbers are massively inflated. So this is something that again, huge, huge overreaction. Never forget how quickly people were willing to listen to the government blindly. And don't forget how quickly the government, the government has jumped on this opportunity to seize power and to restrict liberties and to restrict people's rights. And again, if you're worried about the virus, you voluntarily stay inside. But this economy shut down, the restrictions placed on people's movements is human right violation, and it is not okay. When the Founding Fathers gave us the First Amendment with the right to assemble, they didn't say, well, not if there's a virus. They had smallpox. They had all sorts of diseases going out. They were doing this in spite of this kind of stuff. So it is absolutely no exception to the Constitution. This stuff is completely unconstitutional and should have never happened. Um, again, there's all sorts of other uh, things, harm done by this uh, economic crisis. You know, the elderly can't get her uh, care. Suicide rates are higher. There's more robberies, uh, more crime. Uh, people are having to dig into their invest or to their uh, savings accounts and they're having to save their businesses. And, you know, again, with this economic thing, the government is sitting here and, you know, they tried to. So the Republicans were trying to give out financial aid to small businesses and Nancy Pelosi actually cut the aid and she said that that there's no more need for it for this funding to the to the to the companies now I don't really uh, I'm never for bailouts I don't think government should give any sort of business any money whatsoever granted this economy should have never been shut down in the first place 
Um, so it's, 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 a, a, you're rocking the boat, really. Uh, this should have never been having something that happened in the first place. But so Nancy Pelosi, you know, they cut the funding and they're giving it to hospitals and stuff like that, which I guess, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing to be doing with the money, but you got to think about special interests and what they're actually doing with it. And the fact that the government shouldn't be involved with this kind of stuff in the first place, we need to let the market respond to these kind of, uh, pandemics or, or these issues that are going on the market needs to adequately respond to this kind of thing um so the government has broken your legs by shutting down the economy and placed all these restrictions and i use the analogy they broke your legs and give you crutches you know they're forcing small businesses to pay their employees which they can't afford because they're putting a halt on the economy but don't worry because you can get a loan now with a low to no interest rate well now the cutting the funding is cut for that so they're breaking your legs and they're not even giving you crutches anymore and and people are are just okay with this kind of stuff. I mean, people are just letting this fly right by. And, you know, a lot of people are sitting here like thinking, well, this doesn't affect me and stuff like that. It's affecting people and it's ruining people's lives. Like this is literally ruining people's lives right now over this little virus that has killed what? 23 people here in Utah, 23 people. I mean, I feel really, really bad for those deaths. I don't mean to not be sympathetic towards them. I, I am, it's extremely unfortunate, but the amount of people that this is affecting is like outside of the virus itself is absolutely ridiculous. And it's something that, that really needs to be avoided because why would you bring down the whole boat with you? If there's like, you gotta just take your losses. Don't make it worse. And they're just making it worse. They're, we have this problem anyways. They're just making it a problem for more people in different ways. So I, this, this is again, a complete overreaction. And I don't need to, I don't mean to, you know, make the virus seem insignificant or downplay it, but this is, you just need to be real about this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, no matter what I'm, I'm against global intervention. I I'm, I'm an isolationist. I'm a pacifist. I, you know, I, 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 us should pull out of the UN all global affairs needs to be drawn back largely. However, China has violated the violated the non-aggression principle, and China. I don't. I don't know what's going on with China lying or or where this actually started or what their death toll is. But the but when this thing gets resolved, and or even right now, the nations of the world need to get together and they need to be like China. What is going on? There needs to be major sanctions on China for this because this is unacceptable. We don't know what China is doing over there, what kind of stuff they're meddling with, the genetic engineering, the gain of functions testing, if this is bioweapons, where this actually came from. But China's hiding this stuff. They're making it smoky so we can't see what happened here. They killed the guy who released it to the rest of the world. And, and you know, and if this was just a China issue, I would let them handle it. But this is this is affected. This has been a, a ripple effect all the way across the world. So, so this is something that the U.S. US needs us and other states or other uh countries need to hold china responsible for this is something they need to bring the heat on china they need to figure they need to get to the bottom of this and they need to place major sanctions on china in whatever way possible so until they can figure out what's going on because this kind of thing is not okay and this is a viol violation of the non-aggression principle when a country makes or releases or doesn't contain a virus purposely doesn't inform the world about it purposely spreads it out of the country knowingly and doesn't tell the world about it that's a that's a violation of the non-aggression principle they are putting other peoples at danger so this is something that china needs to face serious sh sanctions for um it's, it's extremely important that we get to the bottom of this and we set it because it sets a precedent when when you don't uh 
put some sort of uh, social sanctions in the world on this kind of stuff, that this is okay. And this isn't okay. This is something that should have never gotten out of hand like it has. It's just, it's just unacceptable. It's just unacceptable. And, and, you know, nations need to crack down on China for it. They need to get to the bottom of this. Um, outside of, uh, China and what's going on with the coronavirus, uh, a bit more, it's, it's, it's more, uh, U.S. based. And I guess in a way you might be able to relate it to the pandemic and the government seizure of power when it comes to coronavirus. Um, but so HR 5717 and S3254 bills that are proposed in the United States House of Representatives, if passed, this is a massive, massive gun control law bill they're trying to pass which would restrict guns immensely for citizens of the united states it would it would mean government gets more involved and in, in the steps they take to to who can get a gun and and what steps you have to take in order to even own a gun and you know again this is all very dangerous stuff people have the right to property people have the right to protect themselves people have a right to the second amendment and when the government sticks its hands and everything as we see with what they're trying to do with this coronavirus it doesn't go well and they exploit the willingness of the people, the, the, the people giving up their freedom for safety, they exploit it and they, and they take away your civil liberties as, as an American when you have these rights, these natural rights. If passed, this bill would create a national permit you would need to buy a gun. It would establish a national gun registry to where all of the guns are registered at the federal level. It would institute national red flag gun laws. This gives a massive totalitarian effect to the federal government to the point where federal governments would be conducting these searches nationwide. This is absolutely not okay. That is a complete violation of state rights. That is an overreach of the federal government. And that is the federal government restricting the people. That is absolutely not okay. The only thing the federal government should ever step into is when the states are in, that when they're, when they are, um, interfering with the rights of the people. That's the only time that the federal government should step in is to keep the states in check and to actually make sure that the people's rights are not being violated. Um, it would ban almost all semi-automatic rifles and it would make it a felony to buy high capacity magazines. So according to the house, which is Democrat, a high capacity magazine is likely anything more than 15 rounds. It would tax guns at 30% and ammo at 50%. That 50% is the syntax. That is a ridiculous tax on something you specifically have a right to do. This should be something that's encouraged, protecting yourself, protecting your family, uh, exercising your liberties as an American to own property. Um, the ideas of liberty are enforced when the government promotes buying a gun, when institutions promote buying a gun to refresh the tree of liberty, to remind the government that they work for us to remind the government that they can govern at the consent of the governed. They can, they can govern at the consent of the governed. And when the government restricts our rights and restricts our ability to restrict the government, that is tyranny. When the government makes the people fear them instead of the government fearing the people, that is tyranny. And at that point in time, it becomes the citizen's right to take away the government's right to govern. And we see this in so many issues where the government has made the people afraid of the government, where they have made the people afraid. And that is not okay. This is something as people, as voters, we need to step up to. We need to vote in better lawmakers. We need to vote in libertarians. Civil virtue has gone out the window. 
The two-party system is completely hacked. The Republican Party has been hijacked with authoritarians who don't really believe in small government. The Democrats have never really been for small government. It's a complete mess, and we need to vote libertarians into there. It's the only place that it's the only party that's not big enough to have to have uh, civil virtue thrown out the window where people still care where the ideas of true liberty and what the founding fathers intended for this country are still are still floating around and spreading. And this has gone too far, guys. This has gone too far. We, we need to put an end to this. We need to put an end to these liberties that are being completely demolished by both parties in, in the federal level. Um, it would it would it would give you jail time. If you buy more than one gun in a month, you would get jail time. So say dark season rolls around and, you know, dad's got his kid just turned like 12 years old, want to take him duck hunting, want to buy some new shotguns, can't buy two at once. Regardless of the fact that it doesn't matter what you're using using them for, it's not the government's responsibility to monitor and limit tri private transactions between consenting individuals. The government shouldn't be able to li limit that in the first place regardless of what the intentions are. It would force you to have your firearms locked away at all times. It would criminalize firearm sales to those under 21. It would ban suppressors. And it would make it a crime to build a firearm in your own house from your own materials. That is specifically targeted at 3D printing, which I have noticed a lot of 3D printing for guns, which I completely support. I think it is amazing. I think it is genius. You're, you're taking raw materials and making a physical firearm out of it. And that is the epitome of freedom, of being able to pursue your own happiness, of being in, in, of inventing things, um, making things work for you. That I absolutely 100% agree in the free the 3d printing so making it a crime to build your own firearm is ridiculous you are not limited to what you can recreate you can create what you want now if you affect someone else if you are violating the non-aggression principle by by making it by by causing physical harm to someone by killing someone by taking something from someone else again that is not okay you are violating someone else's rights however by creating a weapon for self-defense or in the possibility of intending to overthrow the government that promotes the ideas of liberty and you have a right to do that kind of thing so th that that is something that i you can incorporate into the coronavirus because this is something that they're trying to sneak in amidst all this. They're, you know, they're trying to sneak this past without, without uh, citizen notice, citizens noticing it, which is not okay. Um, so we're gonna get more into moon harvesting now. Got the coronavirus thing out of the way. Some information about that. Um, we're going to be talking about the moon now. More on the moon. Donald Trump on April 10th signed the executive order, Executive Order 13914, titled Encouraging International Support for the Recovery and Use of Space Resources. This is reinvigorating America's human space exploration program. And it says companies will participate in a program headed by the United States to lead the return of humans to the moon for long-term exploration and utilization. We are talking farming of the moon's material. We are we are talking about exploiting the moon's resources, and we are talking about bringing that kind of stuff back here to Earth to put it to use here, maybe in products, maybe in uh, structural foundations of buildings. I mean, whatever they might find out there. Maybe someone commercializes moon water and people buy it for thirteen dollars a bottle, and you know, that would only be economical to sell it for like a month until you know it becomes so abundant that, that the 
value of it goes down and it no longer becomes worth it to get water from the moon to sell the people. Um, but um, headed by the United States and it's for long-term exploration and utilization. So they're really looking at, that's possible colonization. We're talking about having people on the moon mining, people working on the moon. Um, this is actually a, a great uh, opportunity for for us to get more jobs. And it's, it's a new, it's a new, uh, it's a whole new field that would be added into um, what we have in our economy. It's, it's a, it's, it would involve a whole new field of blue collar jobs outside of this world. People who are working with heavy machinery and resources on different planets on, and on celestial bodies. Um, it also includes Mars and other celestial bodies as well um, in the long-term exploration and utilization. So it's not just the moon. Um, it requires partnership with commercial entities to recover and use resources, including water and certain minerals in space. Um, so basically, it seems like the government is just trying to set the stage here for uh, corporations and companies and commercial bodies uh, to do the things uh, in space. And uh, it seems like they're not going to get involved or dictate very much. Now, that is the intentions is for them not to get involved or dictate very much. But you know, as I do, government is going to take power where they can get it. So I have a hard time believing that the government isn't going to get involved on many levels. Uh, also, when it comes to restricting the rights of people in space, uh, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty on the issue when it comes to the rights of harvesting and using resources. And that has discouraged some commercial entities from participating. Some people, you know don't really have a clear vision of what they're going to be allowed to do in space, how they're going to be able to handle those resources, the restrictions that government might have on them. So that has discouraged a lot of commercial entities from participating or buying into this uh, executive order or this um, action to encourage the international support for the recovery and use of space resources. Um, I, th I still think it's absolutely crazy that this is something we are actually talking about right now. This is something that's in the news. This is something that's a real issue right now actual space utilization, colonization, uh, putting factories and stuff to harvest to, or, uh, to get raw minerals from other, uh, celestial bodies. I think it's actually really amazing. Um, so this is per this all, by the way, this, uh, executive order, I read it straight off the federal website. It's, it's the literal exact words of this executive order that I read and I'm analyzing right now. Um, so Americans have the right specifically to explore this stuff commercially and the US does not see it as global commons. So just that might be a little confusing for some of you guys. So the US does not see it as global commons. Global commons is specifically unowned things here in the US such as a specific airspace and the oceans and stuff like that. So because the US doesn't see it specifically owned, that means it can be owned. So the opportunity to go and own land on the moon is there. So you can, uh, so th this, this is specifically setting the stage for the opportunity for people to uh, explore these kind of things, which I think that is, it, I think it's good. I think that the government shouldn't, should, should be, Hey, they should, they should be vocal about, Hey, people have the right to do this. I absolutely 100% agree with that. It is not the government's job to mandate what goes on in space. And I think that it's very, uh, it's much like the U S that we were meant to be when, when the government says, you know, it, it's not an overreach of government. When the government says we are not getting involved, people have the rights to do this out there. We don't have jurisdiction out there. Again, it's not as broad or it's not as a uh, straight up, 
uh, hands off as I wish it would be. I wish the government would just straight up be like, we're not touching it. Like we have no responsibilities up there. It's not our jurisdiction. We can't control you up there. They're not exactly doing that, but they aren't uh, they aren't getting involved up there, which I feared would be the case scenario to where the government would put restrictions on corporations and people, um, outside of this planet, but they aren't, which I'm very, very relieved to hear about. Um, so they're basically taking on the responsibility of this, set the stage for this and encourage this. Um, section four of it says the secretary of state must check in, uh, before 180 days is up after the passing of this bill to uh, brief the president on the actions that they have taken to encourage the use of natural resources among companies and and what kind of steps they're taking in order to advance uh, this and make it actually happen. So um, they're they're um, instituting activities um, and institutions uh, at the government level to try and get corporations involved with this. Section five says that this does not extend the power of an executive department or agency. Um, and it shall be implemented consistent to applicable law. This order, there's also a, a little side note at the bottom of this executive order that this order is not intended to create any laws benefiting the U.S. So although that they are not intending specifically to uh, put restrictions in space and to restrict people's rights and stuff like that, um, they are, um, I guess it's still possible that they can do that um, they're just basically making a disclaimer that they're not intending to do that. So that really just leaves an open book and opportunities for what the government's going to do and how they're going to exploit this uh, executive order and space travel in the future. Um, just a side note, you do need government permission through the Federal Aviation Administration to enter outer space, um, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, that is a, a government overreach. It's not the government's responsibility who is leaving this planet. It's kind of... Uh, like North Korea, that you would have to get the government's permission to leave uh, the, the, the country or even the planet. It's not the government's responsibility to check who's leaving. Now, maybe maybe going into your country is a little bit different, which we that's a whole different discussion, which is completely unrelated. But the government has absolutely no authority to monitor and to restrict how you might leave. And, uh, you know, I heard an opinion that said, well, they're just trying to do it to make sure because if you launch your rocket up there and, and it crashes into a city, these guys that are going to be leaving, like actually leaving the atmosphere, they're not like some rednecks launching bottle rockets with dudes in there. Like, that's not how it's working. You have legitimate people like Google who are sending up probes, um, satellites, uh, Elon Musk and Tesla who are, you know, might be doing things going to Mars and stuff like that. You have legitimate companies and corporations who have the technologies and abilities to do this. Um, it's not the government's job to restrict them on how they might leave this earth. Um, which is something that I think it's very important to understand government's role um, philosophically, that the government does not get to restrict all things. The government is an earthbound entity and they didn't, you know, there's, there's comes a point where establishment outside of this world as we know it needs to come into play. I think that it's a beautiful opportunity to allow the free market to fix any problems that we have, to allow them to exploit resources, to allow them to be productive. And again, like I said, I think this is a really, really great opportunity for us to uh, find materials that are useful out there on in space. Maybe we can find a new type of metal that's a great conductor for electricity and is more abundant than silver and it can be used in solar panels and all sorts of things. I mean, that would be a great opportunity to, to uh, you know, utilize that here on Earth. Um, I mean, there's, there's the, the, the possibilities are legitimately infinite. There's a, like, there's a ridiculous amount of possibilities and, and, uh, 
and benefits that could come out of this. Um, and I fully believe that if companies uh, find something that's worth the investment, they will absolutely utilize it. And I think that that's without a question. And I think that the odds of them finding something out there that's worth utilizing and exploiting is very, very high because there's a lot of things out there that we don't know. So I think that, you know, this could this could really be a great opportunity to solve a lot of problems that we have here on Earth. Um, if you guys have some opinions you would like to share with me on that, that would be greatly appreciated because this is a lot of stuff going on. Uh, definitely open the new ideas, government's role in these kind of things, maybe some uh, actions that you can take outside of government to help make this stuff better because ultimately the goal is, is for people to you know, be able to do things without the need for government intervention, you know, for people to do voluntary transactions and to do the right thing, uh, to the point to where we don't really need the government to get involved. Um, I want to thank you for listening. We'll be setting up a Patreon soon. We're going to get this thing rolling a little bit more. I really appreciate you taking the time for listening to this. If you, if you, uh, do like the podcast, I'm actually going to go a step further and ask you to wherever you're listening on your podcast, Maybe you should, you know, could subscribe to that. That would be a great, that'd be a great uh, thing for you to do for us. Um, that would be uh, some awesome support that would be greatly appreciated. And if you're feeling up to it, maybe you could give us a review. Um, let us know, like, how you feel about the podcast. Maybe uh, some suggestions if you don't know me personally. Um, and, you know, things we could do to make the show better. Maybe some encouraging thoughts. Um, and if, you know, if you have people that are interested in ideas of liberty or people that, uh you know, could be introduced to the ideas of liberty, you can share it with them. Because I truly believe that that 90% of Americans are libertarians, and they just don't know it. And we need to get and we need to get everyone, you know, we need to spread this because this could be really such a great solution to all the corruption that's happening in the world. I mean, this is this is something that really should take off because Americans are libertarians and they just don't know it yet. And when you hear and give yourself to these views and when you actually listen, it, it, it makes complete sense. So I encourage you guys to, to support. I really, really appreciate it more than you guys even know. Um, yeah, and, and thank you. And I hope you guys have a great day and I hope everything's going all right with everything that's going on.